guess. I know. Everything old is new again. America's entertainment pop culture talk show. It may well possess a rudimentary intelligence. I'm trying to think, but nothing happens. Felt a great disturbance in the force. Hello, I'm Mr. Ray. Come on, Mark, I got a job for me. Where's the goodies? Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. I bet you wouldn't have done anything like this if Mom and Dad were here. You filthy criminal. Excuse me while I whip this out. Go ahead. Make my day. Here are your hosts, Douglas Viviani and David Cohen. It's about time. It's about flight. Traveling faster than the speed of light. Here is their tale of the brave crew. As through the barrier of time they flew. It's about change. They've been to about a time when the earth was new. Where will they see what is in sight? Is it good luck or is it good night? And now. Anybody still listening? This is everything old is oh, new again. God, that was horrific. <laughs> what was that? Cohen, David Cohen, that was It's About Time, a show from 1966 that was created by the same gentleman, Sherwin Schwartz, who had created Gilligan's Island. You know, that classic, wonderful Gilligan's Island show. Yeah, it sounds like the same band that's singing. It, but, it is. Oh, gosh, what a horrible song. <laughs> like, it, seriously, I mean, next to waterboarding, that's got to be the worst torture. That's got to be number two. You should you should uh, contact the government because this is a, this is a great torture device. <laughs> Welcome to Everything Old is New Again. That is David Cohen, the Mac McKenzie to my Hector Canfield, who are the yeah, astronauts. I'm so lost, right? What, what are you talking? I have no idea. Those... I hear this crazy music. You're throwing these names out at me. What are we doing here? These, or this will be a show, and next show will be two shows, believe it or not, about shows, television shows that were on the air for one year. And now, somehow, some way, we acknowledge and recognize and know the reason why that particular show was only on for one year. Do you remember it? 1966-67 season. Maybe this will... I d- no, I don't remember it. All right, let, maybe this will refresh your memory. These are Let's primitive see. cavemen. <laughs> they lack our scientific knowledge. Right. We're smarter than they are. Right. We can outthink them, outmaneuver them, and razzle-dazzle them, right? Right on all counts. So how come a couple of smart guys like us walk into a trap? Isn't that hysterical? It's so funny. I mean, it sounds like the Skipper and Gilligan, really, just in some weird place. That's it, all. It, it kind of like. does. And basically what it was, was just like Planet of the Apes, it's the exact thing. They went back, to, it went into outer space, they hit some kind of time warp, they landed back on Earth in the prehistoric days. And the fun uh, ensued because two astronauts that were so advanced are now trying to communicate and deal with Emma Jean Coca from uh, your show of shows and Joe E. Ross. And they the, the comedy just ensued. Well, for 18 what, episodes. Were they dressed, was Emma Jean Coco and the other person dressed as cave people? Or like, Yeah, sure they the... were. Yes. Oh and they God. had an 18-year-old and a 14-year-old kids and uh, a tribal chief, and it just went on and on. They were always suspicious of the astronauts. They didn't know who they were, where they were coming Ah, from, what's it all about. And then, listen to this. I think this is very interesting. (laughs) 
if it hasn't been so interesting already. After 18 episodes, they decided, you know what? This is not working. Let's do the reverse. They had the astronauts fix their plane, their ship. And by the way, it was a two-man vessel at the time. Now they took the family of four prehistoric individuals with them to the 20th century. And now it was the reverse, where the cave people are out of you know, water, so to speak. You know, they call them fish out of water stories. But so that was supposed to be the second season. That was middle of the first. The sec, let's say second. I know would be the third half, third third, if you will, of the first season. They were trying to resurrect. Okay, it, trying so to they save say, it. so, so two thirds. So two thirds of the way through the season, they figured this wasn't working. I could have told you that one third of the way through the opening theme that it's not working. <laughs> but two thirds of the way through the season, they figured this isn't working. Let's try. Let's try going back to our place. Basically, correct. And oh it, boy. it just didn't, didn't work. Now, if anybody remembers that, you could, you know, I don't know. That, tell us, like, the name of one of those four cavemen, and I'll send you a little a little gift, if you will. What uh, kind of gift are you sending? Uh, maybe they'll get a pen with our name on it, something like that. Maybe they'll get a pen. <laughs> wow. Where do I enter? <laughs> go to oldnewagain at AOL.com and send me a note. Or you go to our website, everythingoldisnewagain.biz. That's .biz, David Cohen. That is the first of many that are really troublesome. Do you want to go down well, this road? Uh, no, well, uh, are we going to do a show about shows that had really great single seasons and then were canceled for, for some odd reason, but you know, should have continued. The I thought short that answer, was the-, the short answer is yes, but there's a lot more bad ones, of course, than there are good ones. Well, of course, there's there's reason. Most of the, I mean, just logically, if a, se- if a show only lasts one season, um, most likely it wasn't a great show to begin with. So that list, I'm sure, is a lot longer. But so what are we doing? Are we doing like, are we going to, are you and I going to sit here in two thirds of the way through this show, we're going to say, oh, let's talk about the good stuff, because the bad stuff isn't working. Yes, our third segment, we're going to talk about the good ones. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's just get through this. Uh, let's try what this. Else? Now, this is this one. How about, how about Hello, Larry? Hello, Larry. Uh, starring McLean Stevenson. He, he left MASH, right? He left MASH. This amazing cash cow, this this career launcher for McLean Stevenson. No, but he was too big for that show, <laughs> and he left and he starred in his own sitcom called Hello Larry, cancelled after one season, never heard from McLean Stevenson again. And you know the funny thing is? That was cancelled because the McLean Stevenson character in Hello Larry was not likable. Meanwhile, it's all he was on MASH was likable. Same actor. Right. Well, yeah. How does that happen? You get full of yourself, I think. I wonder if the real personality came out where originally he played the MASH character as likable and whatever. But obviously, after, was it one or two seasons? I think it was two. He left, maybe three, I don't remember. He left MASH at the height of the height. It was just going strong like Chevy Chase did and said, you know what? I'm bigger than this show. I'm going to start my own thing. And did that fell on his face flat. What was it like at a barbecue with McLean Stevenson like eight years after you know that larry show was canceled like you think he was like down to earth at that point oh I mean, how could you be anything but miserable I, mean, <laughs> I, I i don't know if he ever worked again after that uh, maybe i'm exaggerating but still that, that that's a 
Yikes. That's did a it, blow to did he learn a lesson? Yeah, I mean, did he learn a lesson? Was he humble? It's too late. That's that's a, that's a kind of lesson you only need to learn once but that, because you'll never have the, the opportunity to repeat it, most likely. I mean, that literally was a career buster, was it not? I mean, that destroyed his career. I think so. And what career did he have before that? I mean, that was it. Right. So why? I can't explain it. I can explain that Lee Merriweather was on Everything Old is New Again, show 175. And she was a tremendous guest talking about time time. Deep in an underground labyrinth is a fantastic invention which cost billions of dollars, the time tunnel. But what does it cost a man to face the incredible dangers of the past or the unknown secrets of the future? Wherever he and Doug are now. There she is. They're together. But where? We couldn't begin to guess. The time tunnel. But where? Where did they go? Would Shatner have been able to save that show, do you think? First of all, what show are you talking about? And <laughs> Time Tunnel, 1966. It was the time year tunnel. of all these bad shows. And would, your, uh, your question is whether Bill Shatner would have been able to save the show? Yeah, because I had heard a yeah, quote sure. right there. Sure. If I say yes, can we move on? <laughs> did you hear that guy? But where? Where, but where? did they go? Where did they go? Scott. It was the same year that that uh, Star Trek came out. I wonder if they were mm. looking over their shoulder and said, you know, we all got to act like that because that one show is doing pretty well. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Where did? Because that was actually not a bad show. They what they did was it's almost like a, almost like a uh, Doctor Who where they the, these two characters from week to week went to a different uh, problem in history. They went to the Alamo. They went to the Titanic. Whatever, and they tried to change history, but the time which you know which was an interesting premise back then. I mean, they've they've kind of followed up on that theme and other other shows since then so yeah. I, I think the premise at the time was good i guess the execution wasn't yeah and it was sort of i don't know if you want to say that it also was educational in a way too because i remember watching it and saying what the heck was the alamo after that you know um right. so that was kind of cool but uh it, it, it just didn't work for one reason or another i enjoyed it but it's gone it only has one season but you can binge it maybe in two days 25 How? episodes all of these shows are available, by the way, on mostly on YouTube, but they're available somewhere. Go online, press in the buttons on the computer, and you'll find them. <laughs> Did you hear that, folks? Press in the press buttons the on the computer, <laughs> and you'll find them. We'll be back right at this, and everything old is new again. Hi, this Hello. is Lee Merriweather. Hi, Lee. You're listening to Everything Old is New Again with Doug Viviani and David Cohen. What do you think of them? Uh, they are great guys. Uh. It's about time. It's about flight. Traveling faster than the speed of light. Here is their tale. You're listening to Everything Old is New Again, America's entertainment pop culture talk show with Douglas Viviani and David Cohen. Any luck, Friar? No, Robin. I checked his tent, his swimming hole. I even checked his special secret hiding place. But nobody knows where that is. He told me once in confession. <laughs> Which is where I haven't seen you in a month. Yeah, well, just for that, I'm not coming for another month. <laughs> Welcome back to Everything Old is New Again. This is Douglas Viviani with uh, David Cohen himself. It's all about time. It's about time. It's about place. <laughs> da, 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 da. 
Da, 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 da. You cannot da, 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 da. get. You cannot get. This that. song is terrible. Let's just change the octave. Let's go up. Let's go up a full scale. It's got to get better at some point. You da, cannot da, da, da. get it out of your head. That's a little piece of what we did last uh, segment. We're continuing with one. I, can you call them one-hit wonders? No, you, they're just one-season wonders, I guess you would say, of television shows that have been on television for one year, and why and why not. There are some that we would like to see come back. That last little bit was When Things Were Rotten, 1975, Mel Brooks. Do you remember that? I do remember that, and I was very excited when I heard it was coming on, because it was Mel Brooks and... Dick Gaudier? Spoof, Dick Gaudier, and it was a spoof on, on Robin Hood, and... Yeah, there were very high expectations for that show, I remember. Yep, Dick Gordier was Jaime and Get Smart. Yeah. Bernie Capel. It just just wasn't funny, though. Like, how could that not be funny? But it wasn't. It wasn't. Bernie Capel was on our show for show 156, 157, and 158, shamelessly plugging the fact that we are in bed with, so to speak, the worst television shows of all time, right here on Everything Old is New Again with Bernie Capel. Radio shows of all time. So it's <laughs> consistent with the theme. Now we've done about 350. Is this the worst of the 350? Could this be our. It's, it's scraping the bottom. <laughs> now, I want to ask you besides Dick Gaudier, besides Bernie Capel, besides Mel Brooks, who else? Well, maybe a better question is those three, what do those three people have in common? Any idea? Uh, I don't. You have no idea. If I say the word Don or name Don Adams, does that give you a hint? Oh, they were all in Get Smart. Yes, and listen to what Don Adams was doing right after Get Smart. Get Smart went from 65 to 70, and then he had a great idea start right up again in 71, a show called The Partners. Take my word for it, Captain. There was no room to hide a bracelet. There was hardly room in that dress for her. Women have ways and means of concealing things from a man. You having trouble at home, Higginbottom? I mean, that's uh, <laughs> Dick Van Patten was in a lot of these. Um, in fact, Dick Van Patten was in When Things Were Rotten as well, just for kicks. He's in The Partners with, uh, you know, I don't, there's nobody else here that you really know but Don Adams. What was the premise of The Partners? Well, they were supposed to be, let's put it this way, Don Adams and Rupert Cross were bumbling detectives and their exasperated commanding officer was exasperated all season long and dick van patten played their sympath their sympathetic how do you sympathetic no it's not sympathetic i don't know they're a desk sergeant that related to them Uh, like a sycophant like somebody yeah you go sycophant i've never seen that word in writing before how about that let me have to cut that out that sounds bad their sycophant desk sergeant Dick Van Patten. So Dick Van Patten's in a lot of these bad shows, by the way. So it sounds like it was just basically a ripoff of Get Smart. He was just sort of restarting Get Smart, except instead of the spy world, it was in the detective agency world. Yeah, but why? Yeah, I I don't know. You know, you just did five years. Whatever reason, it it was successful. It was not the whole thing. And and you go to that, uh, it was, uh, it's a strange, a strange turn. But, yes. well, that's what happened with Don Adams. And, and he had no... It's funny, some of these people have uh, huge successes with one show, and then they are never to become successful again. There aren't many people who are successful like that. I mean, besides Bob Newhart. 
right? How many people have had their own show and then have gone on to have other successful shows? You could probably count them on one hand. Okay, I'll say you've had you had Dick Van Dyke and Mary Tyler Moore. Dick Van Dyke is a hard one to find, but later on, are you gonna? We have to qualify it as a success because it was on the year for air for about five or six years. Diagnosis Murder, though I don't think it was that great a show. Um, it certainly wasn't the Dick Van Dyke show, but he did find success there. Um, Andy Griffith on the Andy Griffith show, then later on found success in Matlock, which wasn't right. that bad. It's, it's okay, you know, wasn't. Yeah, but it was a successful show. Very successful of, show. You know, ratings. But you're right. Other than those, if you really search for like a brand new incarnation, I guess Veep with the Julia Louise Dreyfus is right. one. And, and that's, yeah, and that's after a few tries. Um, so, but but yeah, she did it. But especially in comedy, I don't think there are a lot of people who are successful at, you know, more than one venture. I agree. I think it's very hard to do, but... Then you get the McLean Stevens, as we talked about, that are in the comedy or in something that's working and leave. Makes yeah. no sense. Like, who left um, Three's Company? Uh, oh, he passed away, didn't he? The Don Knotts came in for Mr. Instead of Mr. Roper. Did he pass oh, away? Oh, Norman Fell passed yeah. away. Is that what it was? Yeah. I didn't realize. Oh, okay. I'm just trying to think of someone that left. I the... think. I think that's why he left. <laughs> that, would, that would be a reason for leaving. <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to think of a reason to leaving a show that's so going so well. Who said this? Um, oh, um, we had uh, Xander uh, Berkeley on, and he was saying he's been on 24. He's been on so many shows, and he was saying, and Walking Dead... That is interesting that he see goes on to these sets of these shows where people are somewhat successful. They're okay, but they're not the greatest show on the planet. And everyone knows that they're okay. They'll survive. But the actors on the shows act as if this show is Shakespeare. And you better really toe the line. And, you know, I'm the star. And, and they, they have their own trailer. And they get carried away with themselves. And then he sees them like, you know, 10 years later. And he's still doing his thing because he comes and goes on all these shows as a guest actor or whatever. And he has a pretty level head. But he sees these other ones and they're up and down and up and down. And after that show's over, boy, oof, reality sets in. Well, you know, you were talking about sycophants before. I think that's one of the things that happens. You, as an actor, you're on a popular show and all of a sudden you have people who... Uh, you know, coming out of the woodwork or, or friends of yours who are telling you how great you are and constantly reminding you how successful and amazing you are. And it, you start believing it, I imagine. Right. Um, and it gets to your head. And yeah, you're not, uh, it, it's tough to keep grounded in reality that this is another job and that it has an expiration and you're going to have to look for another job after this. Like we like you're the, just the cog in the wheel. The longest running show on television other than like Gunsmoke and Bonanza are is usually if you're lucky 7 to 10 years, right? Think about it. What did Modern Family lucky. go? Yeah, and not even years anymore. Now it's seasons. Right. You know, sometimes you've got them overlapping and whatever. It's not like every show starts in September anymore, you know. Yeah. So no, I don't think you're finding that too much with I I don't think you're finding it with people like leaving successful shows. Because they think they can make it make it on their own. I mean, look at, for example, Michael J. Fox, right? Now, he, he had the ability to do it, but he could have left Family Ties, right, at the height of its fame when he had the opportunity to do Back to the Future. But he was like, he was incredible. He just commuted and, and was able to do both at the same time. I think he was smart enough to know that you don't leave something successful and take a shot at 
at superstardom in a one vehicle type of uh, a venture. So, you know, I, I, I think if you've if you've got a level head that you don't do things like that. But Chevy Chase didn't. You know, like, he didn't have a level head. Like, he could come up with these people. And Chevy Chase ends up in our list. I didn't do clips or anything from it. But one of, well, certainly the worst talk show of all time, and they have it in the lists of worst shows of all time, is the Chevy Chase talk show. Yeah, I agree. I, 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 I've seen it. <laughs> but to his credit, I mean, you know, he's had a fairly successful career when all is said and done. I mean, you know, it didn't seem like the right move, and it probably wasn't the right move when he went when he left SNL all those years ago. But he made a lot of successful comedy films um, and was in a few TV shows that were mildly successful. So he's he's sort of a, you know, he doesn't go away easily. It's an interesting test because they say behind the scenes, and I, what do I know that that he's not very easy to work with especially that community show, which was pretty successful. It failed because he was not cooperating. And uh, long story short, he put the uh, kibosh on that show. We'll be back right after this and everything else new again. Hopefully there'll be no kibosh coming on us because of this show. Once upon a time when things were rotten, not just food, but also Now, back to America's entertainment pop culture talk show, Everything Old is New Again, with Douglas Viviani and David Cohen. We are no one. We are everyone. And we are invisible. We convinced ourselves that they were gone, but they were just hibernating. They came for everybody. Oh, please. Are we safe? I guess we have ourselves a reckoning. What are you two talking about? Oh, nothing. Just the end of the world. Welcome to Everything Old is New Again. This is Douglas Viviani with the Watchman himself, David Cohen. David, how are you? Yeah, so sad to hear that that is not being renewed. It's so weird. HBO, the Watchman, I thought they did a nice job. That we'll, I want to explore it with you in a few minutes. But we're before we get there, we're talking about shows that have been on the air for one year and only one year, whether it be in the 70s, one 60s. Season. One season is even better way to say it, right? Because that was only... It's a much better way. That was only nine episodes. That was it for that show called The Watchmen. Or even, I don't even think it was The Watchmen. It was just called Watchmen. About superheroes, it had uh, Don Johnson. It had, uh, who else? Jeremy Irons. Louis Gossett Jr. I tried to get anyone and everyone to come on our show from that show to promote it. And they wouldn't do it. So I, I don't have any love loss. They don't want to come on our show. That you're going to fail. It's very simple. Yes or no? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> finding the opposite might be true too. So you know, cuts both ways. Well, but, uh, yeah, go ahead. Tell me why. Well, but on on that subject, I mean, I I thought it was a really great show, and what I thought was a really great first season at the time. But uh, apparently, I'm not sure why. But uh, I guess the the showrunner David Lindelof uh, decided he wants to move on to other things. Um, but and they left the show like, you know, the last episode led you to believe there would be a season two. So while it, you know, 
sort of ended nicely, certain open-ended, uh, or, or, or I guess story plot lines, they, they kind of, you know, uh, finalized very nicely, much more nicely than I'm trying to right now. Yeah. Um, you know, they did leave open the possibility of, of another season. So disappointing. Yep. So was it better than the movie? Oh, the movie was horrible. Yes. Was it better than the graphic novel? Uh, it was different, and that's what I liked about it. It was it was basically a continuation, um, or or I should say, almost like a. It's hard to describe. It's almost like taking a different spin on the graphic novel, which I, I think was very risky, but they were able to pull it off. But it's weird because it was the- almost like a let's let's look at this. It's almost like a sequel, but not really. How All right, because the graphic novel itself is a turn from the usual comic book hero with this Oh, group. sure. So yeah. to take a turn from the turn, to me, is very risky, you know? And I wonder what the ratings were. I guess I'm going to assume the ratings weren't so great. It's the reason why they canceled it. Or you're saying that the, the creator wanted to leave anyway. I, I don't know where we are there. Yeah, I, d- I don't really know. I, I don't think the ratings were too bad, but I, I just don't know the, the actual reason why. Right. Okay. Well, so there it is. Watchmen, a brand new one that's in and out, uh, which is a shame because you really would have liked to have seen yet another season. But with that said, you know, even though there's no season two, I think the season itself stands on its own. So if you still want to go back and watch it, you won't be sort of like left with a cliffhanger. And, you know, that's that's a good good It's a good point. It's like watching a nine hour movie then. In other words, you don't have to have a series lasting seven years to binge it or to watch it and enjoy it just because it lasted the one year doesn't mean it doesn't have value exactly you know uh, what about emerald city like our, our we had our friend on that's now with new amsterdam he's got a huge success david Schulner, um and he promised to come back on the show if, if he, we would like to have him back so there sure. we go he was successful but and we had um we had the the cowardly lion on our show as well uh but it, you know it just it just didn't make it. It just it, it was all of this. It was sort of Watchmen esque. It was very different for the Wizard of Oz. It was a different take, but it just wasn't something that, like it's hard to when you do something completely different on television for people to catch on. Almost Game of Thrones was like very rare because that was a very unique, different style television show that caught on, and I think because it was on cable and and. Back then, it was 10 years ago when it started, right? Eight years ago? A little different landscape, and it had some more time to develop. And sometimes they don't give these shows the time. Yeah, I think think that's an important point, that they do need some time to develop. But like you said, it doesn't have to last eight or nine seasons for it to be a good show. It could last one or two and and stand on its own. Right. How many times do you watch the same movie, you know? uh, Right. It's just a two-hour movie, right? All right, how about, uh, I don't know, this is another one of yours. I, I never saw this show. I always heard good things. Let's. I don't know how great this clip is, but we'll give it a shot. The much-loved television series, My So-Called Life, is finally on DVD. People always say how you should be yourself. Like, yourself is this definite thing, like a toaster or something. Starring Claire Danes. Love is when you look into someone's eyes and suddenly you go all the way inside. Oh, David Goen? Uh, yeah, my, my so-called life, right? Um, yes. A great, a great show. Also bingeable, I think. You can, you can still watch it today. And that was back in the day when seasons weren't just eight episodes. So I think there were 
18 or 19 yeah, episodes. There's, there's 19, which is nice. And it's what's it about? It's yeah. about a fictional uh, suburb near Pittsburgh where uh, called Three Rivers, where, where Claire Danes and others are growing up and trying to make their way. Is that what we're talking yeah, about? Yeah, it's about teenage angst um, uh, centering on this on this one girl, Angela, played by Claire Danes, her life, uh, and the family and the friends. But it's, you know, so it sounds like cliche or another teen after-school special. Uh, but the, the writing was great. The acting was great. The, and, and it wasn't the thing I loved about it. It was just, it was so, there were no cliches. There were no, like, just hacky kind of things that, that the characters would say that you've heard a million times. So it was a different take on it. And the other great thing about the show was it addressed um, themes at the time, and that still are important, uh, loneliness, uh, alcoholism, suicide, uh, things that, that teens are facing even today. And, but it didn't like neatly wrap them up, you know, so it, it reflected real life, you know, that people deal with these issues and they don't just get wrapped up in a, in a 60 minute show or a 30 minute show. So, you know, everything about it was really, really great. And I could relate to, you know, the characters themselves are so different from each other and, and, and the stereo, well, I say you'd think they were stereotypes. So there was the good looking guy, there was the, the geeky friend. Um, but, you know, they all had very distinctive and multifaceted personalities. And you can relate to each one of them, which I really liked. Like I saw myself and a little bit of myself in every character. So, you know, in that way, I thought it was really unique and different. And I was older when I had seen it and just, I would never miss it. I remember that. Well, it, it's available to watch and it, it does, they did get uh, serious with child abuse, homophobia, teenage alcoholism, school violence, adultery, homelessness, censorship, and drug use. So if you want to get involved uh, in that, it's not going to be feel good, but that's not, not all of life is feel good. Uh, so, right. So it, it took you to a place uh, of reality, but did it, did it help? Did, were there any, uh, you know, resolution? Well, that's the all? thing. I mean, it, these, these sound like, you know, horrific topics and who would want to watch that, but they're handled in a very delicate way. And in a way that, um, you know, I, I think helps you empathize with them instead of, you know, looking on in horror. <laughs> so right. it, it sort of humanizes it and, and how people handle those issues. So uh, it's absolutely worth a watch, I think. All right. So there you go. We found two that you can tune into and enjoy now. And uh, maybe what would it say? 19 episodes that's an hour long each. You're looking at, you know, maybe it's a, a week of binging? Yeah, I mean, without commercials, it's probably, what, 40, right. 48 to 52 minutes right. or something each episode. That's yeah. not so bad. And The Watchmen, same routine from HBO. You can definitely right. get that. That's easy. All right, we'll be back on Everything Old is New again to continue one more session this week on taking a look at one-year wonders, television shows that lasted just one year, right here on Everything Old is New again. This is Everything Old is New Again, America's entertainment pop culture talk show with Douglas Viviani and David Cohen. We saw the earth destroyed, and in a heartbeat, everything and everyone we knew was gone. There were five of us, the crew of the space shuttle Odyssey, and we were the only survivors. 
A mysterious being who called himself the Seeker rescued us and sent us back in time. And now we have five years to the moment. Five years to discover who or what destroyed the Earth. Five years to stop it from happening again. Ah, welcome back to Everything Old is New Again. We are talking about shows that have been on the air just one year and canceled. I'm here with David Cohen. That Odyssey 5 was piloted by none other than a friend of our show, Peter Weller, who's been on our show quite a number of times. David Cohen, have you ever seen that? I have not. It is definitely worth a try. It's a, it's What's it called? Odyssey 5? Odyssey 5. It was hmm. on for... Uh, let's see. I'm going to try to find the the number of episodes uh, here. 19 episodes. Manny Cotto was in charge. Uh, you may not recognize him from, from 24 and Star Trek Enterprise and Salem. He's been in a number of shows. But this was a really good one. And it's a shame that it went the way it went. It was on Showtime. Showtime wasn't behind it. It's a sci-fi but um, Peter Well is terrific in it. He's a lot of fun. It's a really cool science fiction. The Earth blows up. We don't know how or why. We go back in time for five years. What happened? And they got to put this mystery together. So, All right. Well, you see me. I have a pen. I'm writing it yeah, down. Yeah, you'll Odyssey get a kick 5. out of it. Odyssey 5. And that will okay. give us yet another topic to talk to Peter Weller about. We've we've had many. We've ta- talked about, what do we say, jazz? We've talked about directing and acting. We've talked about movies and what movies, just not his, any movies in general that he has to speak about. We've talked about many behind-the-scenes stories of actors and so forth. What am I missing? The, History, the art. Too numerous. Art, for sure. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it goes on. Philosophy. Uh, yeah. A lot. Good friend of the show, enjoys the Very show. Very knowledgeable guy. Yep, and it's nice to have someone that actually has... Someone succeeded. smarter than us that's willing to talk to us. That's <laughs> he, always nice. He even sent us emails, he's he's uh, sent us texts, he's he's uh, called personally, not many, many times, but once or twice. So that was exciting to us, interesting. He really likes being on the show. So, I don't know, I thought that worth a while to take a look at Odyssey 5. Now, young David Cohen... I know here's another one that you're uh, a big fan of, and uh, let's see what it is. Bill, that is not sexy. Yes, it is. Bill, it looks like you're having a seizure. Women love this. They don't care that we runs fat because he's got the moves. Come on, you guys get up here. Try it. Damn, come on, shake it. You won't break it? Okay. Oh. You cut me off mid-funk. There you go. Freaks and geeks, David Cohen. What about that? When I when I started when I discovered Freaks and Geeks, you know, it was years after it had aired. I had to f- stop my wife physically from hitting the play button on the next episode because we were going through them too fast. <laughs> I knew there are only thirteen episodes and they're about a half an hour long. Sorry, eighteen, just and, to correct. Oh, oh, sorry, eighteen. Yeah. Um, they're only about a half an hour long, and I literally had to force her to not watch another episode tonight. I go, listen, you don't understand. This is going to be over forever. It's never coming back. We're on episode 14. There's only four more left. We have to slow it down. For the love of God, slow it down. Like, let's anyway, just let's so- just talk about it, you know, before we get to the next episode, right? It was, it's just... So my point is, it's that it, it was that good. And, and again, it's about... 
you know, teens growing up, mostly focusing on a group of friends, again, uh, individually and as a group, which was really interesting. Just such great writing and, and acting. And you'll go through the names, the roster of the actors who are on that before they, a lot of them became very famous. Yeah, James Franco, uh, Seth Rogen, Jason yep. Siegel, Joe Flaherty wow. from SCTV. Right? How do you like that? So Linda Cardinelli, I mean a lot, a lot of them. Ah, oh, Linda Cardinelli. Oh, she was so good. And and uh, what's her name? They're the other. Oh gosh, they're the blonde actress who's now. Who Buzzy Phillips? Yes, yeah. Busy Phillips. Busy. Um, so it was a great cast. Everything just clicked. Everything clicked. You really need to see this show. So and Judd Apatow was the executive producer. The okay. first and last thing I ever liked that he did. Really, you didn't like any of his movies. I liked it. Or a couple of early movies he did was pretty good. Maybe some of the earlier ones. Yeah. What do you What do you think? What he got a little too? What happened to him? A little. I don't know. Just stop being funny. You do know it that happens. he he was a Long Islander and he uh, went. He used to populate East Side comedy when we did. You realize that? I did not. Yep. And he knows all the same people we know. Wow. Um, and uh, and he actually did something <laughs> with all of them and with his yeah. love of pop culture as opposed to us doing hitting exactly. the business world. But, you have to uh, give him credit for that. Yeah, right. yeah. So there's that. Now, um, so, but, but that show, I would say, if, if you're going to, in my opinion, if you're going to watch a season that's easy to watch and family friendly and uh, just, just really well done, that's the one to watch Freaks and Geeks. And here's one that's not well done that you'll not want to keep on watching, but... <laughs> But it's still, uh, if you like this kind of puns and so forth, I think you'll get a kick out of it. And it did later on turn into another show or a set of movies, Naked Gun. But before we get to the Naked Gun movies, there was Police Squad. Meet me, did you? Yeah. I'm Lieutenant Drebin. This is Captain Hawkins, Police Squad. Is this some kind of bus? Yes, it's very impressive, but we'd just like to ask a few questions. Well, come on in. <laughs> yeah, it's from the from the guys who made Airplane, the Airplane movies, right? Yes. And it was such a great show. There's another one. I forgot about that. Um, I didn't forget about it, but I would say, look, it might not be everyone's kind of humor, but that rapid fire one-liners, the, if you liked Airplane and you liked um, Naked Gun, the Naked Gun movies, which of, of which I saw the the first one the other night and was just literally laughing all over again. You'll love Police Squad. You'll right, love it. Right. Just the stupid, uh, in a fun way, you know, silly comments, silly dad jokes, if you will. And uh, right. sooner or later, you just get consumed with them. You you, you, you balk at them in the beginning. You go, what, what is it? And then you start to just, you start to roll. And it's, so, it's like Roddy Dangerfield. There's so many of them. Sooner or later, you can't help but start to laugh at this silliness. And, you know, and the sight gags, there, there are a million sight gags. <clears throat> I don't know why. The one that stuck with me is they were in a boxing gym or something. And in the background, you saw the sign for the gym. Jim's gym. Smoking and gym only. <laughs> so it was just so bizarre. Right? You just, so you had to, like, stop it and, like, actually read it to get a laugh. It's like little, little touches like that just made it really fun. It's like Shakespeare. It has so many levels. You could watch it and read it many times and get different things out of it. It's like different Shakespeare, things. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Comedy Shakespeare. Comedy gold, Jerry. It's yeah. just gold. Gold, Jerry. It's gold. <laughs> so I thought that there was enough here. Because I've got some really cool shows that might be interesting and also other ones that are really, really bad. And by the way, the really bad ones, 
they're kind of fun to watch now. If you were to tune into It's About Time, I guarantee you're only the last one episode. But you're going to tune into that and you're going to say, you're like an archaeologist. You're like, wow, in 1966, people actually put this on and watch this show or had an idea about, you know, cavemen and whatever mixing and thought it would work, you know? I, I bet I bet with that thing they, they they thought of the title first, right? It's about time. Right, it's about time. Well this show is about time. So it's like <laughs> it has a double meaning. We have to make a show based on this idea of a title I just came up with. So I think the title started the whole shebang. I wonder, I also think it's clear that um what am I gonna say? Planet of the Apes had something to do with it because it's the exact same oh, yeah. thing except the did it was it before planet of the apes no it was it after was planet of the apes okay so it was clearly they felt you know that's well let's go back in time and whatever right. let's see what happens right. instead of of course planet yeah. of the apes i don't want to ruin it for anybody but planet of the apes they went forward in time i'm not sure you realize that but uh <laughs> i don't want to ruin the surprise if you haven't seen i don't want to ruin titanic the <laughs> titanic movie for anyone but uh the boat sinks <laughs> see Speaking of sinking ships, we will be back next week on Everything Old is New Again to continue talking one-hit wonders. Join us. 